Today is Sunday. It's August the 27th. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Crazy Canada goes cuckoo. And that and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, as far as Canada, does anybody know what they call the uh, the money there? They have a particular name for it. You've all heard it. You don't, might not remember the loonies. Well, they're living up to their monetary system, the loonies. Um, let's see. We got some news from Israel, from the Times of Israel. Smotrich said rushing plan to expand West Bank settlements after terror attacks. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but they've had a lot of problems in Israel uh, with terror attacks and, you know, uh, fighting between the Arabs and the Jewish uh, people there. But um, it uh, is not an intifada. Nothing has been declared, but there's just a lot of trouble there right now. Well, um, Smotrich is taking the finance minister. He's taking advantage of the situation to rush some things through. He's rushing through his plan to expand West Bank settlements and legalize dozens of outposts in the wake of a series of deadly terror attacks in recent days. Smotrich sent a letter to ministers informing them of his intent to present his plan to the cabinet this week and encouraging them to submit any comments or additional plans of their own. In the wake of two terrible terrorist attacks this week, we request to bring the plan to the cabinet this Sunday, which I think is today. I don't think this was a week ago. I think they're having the plan today. Uh, Netanyahu decided to move up an urgent security cabinet meeting. The meeting of the high-level forum was originally scheduled for September 10th. Uh, Smotrich, head of the far-right religious Zionism party, is reportedly advancing a plan to legalize 150 five wildcat outposts throughout the West Bank, capitalizing on his control of both the finance ministry as well as settlement affairs within the defense ministry, per coalition agreements with Netanyahu's Likud party. You know, anytime you hear the term right nowadays, immediately two words precede it. Far right. Uh, I guess it's only one word, the far right. Anyway, um, that, that's what you hear every time that the right. Now, he is far right. I will admit that. But I've just noticed that lately. If you read any article and it mentions somebody on the right, they include the word far or there's the second word, the far right. See, I knew there were two words. Anyway, um, they, they always say this about it. And so you're not going to be considered a moderate ever, ever again at least not in the U.S. and obviously not in Israel as well. The plan is said to map out all of Israel's illegal outposts beyond the green line with the goal of eventually legalizing all of them. To legalize the outposts built on private Palestinian land, Smotrich aims either to have them transferred to what Israel views as state land or to apply alternative legal mechanisms that would allow them to remain in place. He also plans to allocate $180 million to settlements and outposts. From Al Jazeera, U.S. approves landmark missile defense deal between Israel and Germany. The U.S. has given the green light. Why the U.S. has to give a green light on this, I don't know, but obviously it was necessary. Uh, for a $3.5 billion sale of uh, Israel's Aero 3 missile defense system to Germany. I guess the reason why is because we were involved in the making of that system. So that would explain that. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, the 
ministry said in the statement that the senior officials from the Israeli and German defense ministries would sign a letter of commitment to the deal with a preliminary payment of $600 million. With its exceptional long-range interception capabilities operating at high altitudes above the atmosphere, the Aero 3 stands as the top interceptor of its kind. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant was quoted in the statement as calling the agreement the largest in Israel's history, adding that it would contribute to Israel's force buildup and economy. The chairwoman of the German Bundestag's Defense Committee, Marie Angus Strach Zimmerman, said she was relieved by the U.S. approval of the deal. The Aero 3 system will be operational by the end of 2025 and on our initiative will become a part of European air defense system. What makes it special is that it is the first anti-ballistic system that can also be used in the stratosphere, at, meaning at least 60 miles in altitude. In the future, it will help protect Germany and our neighboring countries from airstrikes. The Bundestag's Budget and Defense Committees had voted in favor of the purchase back in June. So, good stuff there. From the Times of Israel. New, and I know I pronounce this wrong every time, and I always get an email from my friend. You pronounced it wrong. So, I'm just going to try. I'm going to try. Paraguay. Okay, I don't know. New Paraguay, leader to reopen Jerusalem embassy within year, Israel says. Uh, Paraguay, however you pronounce it, new president Santiago Pina will reopen the country's embassy in Jerusalem in a move that will see Israel reopen its embassy in Asuncion. Foreign Minister Cohen announced, ostensibly bringing to an end a rift sparked five years earlier. Cohen made the announcement following a brief meeting with Pena following his swearing in. Cohen said he invited the president to visit Israel within the year to dedicate the new mission and Pena accepted. If Pena does follow through, Paraguay would be the fifth country to open an embassy in Jerusalem following Kosovo, Honduras, Guatemala, and the United States. Paraguay. Is that how you say it? Paraguay. Well, if I, I, that's the way I've always said it. And he comes back and he says, you're saying it wrong. So whatever, Paraguay, Paraguay, whatever. But he, he speaks Spanish and he's always telling me I got that wrong. So it's, I'm always antsy when I come to this country. Um, let's see here in 2018, Paraguay, its outgoing president, Horatio Cartes, announced that his country wouldn't open an embassy in Jerusalem following similar moves by the United States and Guatemala. But the embassy was moved back to Tel Aviv after just five months by Cartes' successor, Abdo Benitez, who said he hadn't been consulted in the original decision and indicated that it harmed efforts to maintain a more neutral approach to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So I'm glad we got somebody of reason back in charge of Paraguay or Paraguay or whatever. All right, we got some news concerning Christianity today. From Haaretz, new visa policy threatens to shut down evangelical organizations operating in Israel. This is from last weekend, but nothing really important has happened besides a couple other articles. Uh, so I thought I'd read you this. I don't know how this is going to follow through. I believe that Netanyahu will put an end to this because he is uh, strongly in favor of Christians. He appointed the first Christian something during his uh, last time as prime minister. And uh, I think that this will not continue, but it may. And if it does, it's going to harm what's going on in Israel. So it's interesting. Israel's interior ministry has stopped 
issuing clergy visas to evangelical Christian organizations based in Israel. In a sudden and unexplained policy change, they say threatens their future operations. Representatives of these organizations, which focus mainly on charity work, say that as a result of the new rules, they no longer have sufficient staff to continue their activities. We are slowly being squeezed out of existence by the Interior Ministry, said David Parsons, Vice President and Senior Spokesman of the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem, which has been active in Israel since 1980. So it's not like it's a Johnny-come-lately organization that has branches in more than 90 countries. We cannot continue our vital work to build global Christian support for Israel under these strict new rules. Much of the charity work of these organizations is directed at promoting immigration. Since many evangelicals believe that the return of the Jews to Israel is a prerequisite for the second coming of Jesus. They are not likely to mention that, however, in the presence of Israelis as those who work closely with them attest. Rather, they talk about a desire to make amends for the past. For this reason, these organizations also focus on assistance to Holocaust survivors and on projects that strengthen Israel's national security. Parson said that ICEJ has over the years assisted more than 180,000 Jews to immigrate to Israel. Now that's all going to come to an end by these people if they're cut out. Provided more than 250 bomb shelters to vulnerable communities on the country's borders and cared for hundreds of Holocaust survivors. In a letter from the Interior Ministry, ICEJ was notified a few weeks ago that its request for clergy visas had been rejected because the organization does not qualify as a religious institution. The denial comes despite the fact that we are both name and nature a Christian organization. We are duly registered as a Christian association and have been receiving clergy visas from the Ministry of Interior for decades, said Parsons. He said he was shocked by the new policy for which ICEJ and other evangelical organizations had received no explanation. So if I get another article on that, I will let you know about it. But that's just kind of disturbing that they have taken that turn. And as I said, I think if Netanyahu is brought into this, he will put an end to it. But we'll see. Uh, from the Christian Post, something that I can't believe even has to be brought up. I can't even believe this has to be brought up. Al Mohler weighs in on if the Southern Baptist Convention may have to clarify female pastor ban due to trans ideology. I can't believe that they would even consider this. If somebody says they are trans, they should not be allowed in any aspect of a church at all. So they don't need to write a policy. They just need to come down and say, before it happens, trans is not acceptable within Christianity. End of that story. But Southern Baptist Theological Seminary President Albert Moeller has acknowledged the possibility that the SBC might have to someday clarify that the office of pastor belongs to biological men and not women who identify as men. On an episode of his podcast, The Briefing, that was posted online last Friday, Mueller was asked by a listener about the SBC's standards for who can serve in the office of pastor. In light of the denomination's recent decision to clarify that only men can serve as pastors, that position is reactive. Should we also not be proactive and amend further so that it says only biological males at birth may be a pastor? Asked the listener identified as Scott. 
It seems like only a matter of time before the convention is faced with possibly having to disfellowship a church for having a transgender pastor. Moeller responded that while he agreed with Scott that it was possible, the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, an authoritative book in the SBC, makes it very clear that gender is a part of the goodness of God's creation, making human beings as male and female. So I think any fair reading of that accomplishes what you are looking for here, Moeller continued. The Southern Baptist Convention's Baptist Faith and Message is quite clear. The 2000 revision now going back 20 plus years, has to be revised in order to make very clear that there is no transgender, non-binary option when it comes to biblical Christianity. I, I just can't believe that this is even an issue in churches, but this is the world in which we're living in. From David Icke, AI-powered app, and you probably heard about this, but if you didn't, I recommend you don't subscribe to this app. You'll save $2.99. AI-powered app, lets you text with Jesus. And for $2.99 a month, you can even chat with Satan. The app called Text with Jesus is designed for devoted Christians seeking a deeper connection with the Bible's most iconic figures. So if you're a devoted Christian, you can get this app and increase your, your devotedness or something. Um, as the name suggests, users can text with Jesus, as well as a number of other figures, including Mary, Joseph, Peter, and Matthew. And while the basic app is free, users can opt to pay $2.99 a month to speak to Satan. If you want to speak to Jesus, Read this word. He'll speak right to you, and then you can turn around and speak to him in prayer, okay? Okay, we got some news from the Mideast in Africa today. From Haaretz, they could go to China. Netanyahu ally signals Israel will accept Saudi nuclear demand. We'll see. Asked in an interview with PBS what the Israeli position would be on a Saudi civilian nuclear program, Strategic Affairs Minister Dermer responded, like so many things, the devil is in the details, and we're going to have to look at what ultimately is agreed upon. His most important message was that the Saudis do not have to rely on the United States. That's the key right there. If they want nuclear, they can go to China tomorrow and they can get it. They don't have to rely on the U.S. for such a program, but could find alternatives with an emphasis on China. They could go to China or they can go to France tomorrow and they could set up, ask them to set up a civil nuclear program and to allow for domestic enrichment. Dermer said they could do that tomorrow if they wanted to. So the question that I ask myself is, if the U.S. is involved in this, what will it mean 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, and what's the alternative? Dermer's remarks are likely to be interpreted by Washington as Israel's consenting to Saudi conditions, especially in light of the claim that if the U.S. doesn't agree, China, its bitterest rival, well, you know, if we have a guy in the White House that's sold out to China, I find it hard to believe that it's our bitterest rival, but we'll go on from there. Um, our bitterest rival might step in its place. Dermer noted that other Middle Eastern countries had civilian nuclear programs, and they do. Opposition leader Yair Lapid responded to his remarks, saying that the minister Dermer's statement is factually incorrect and endangers Israel's security. We can come to an agreement that strengthens our national security without Israel being a signatory on uranium enrichment in the Middle East. In an attempt to deal with the criticism, the prime minister's office released a statement clarifying Dermer's words. 
Dermer said in the interview that Israel has not agreed to a nuclear program of any of its neighboring countries. That was and remains Israel's policy. The Emirates and Egypt do not have uranium enrichment that would allow a quick transition to military nuclear program. Lapid said, he added that Israel should insist on this, that Saudi Arabia will accept the Emirati standard, otherwise we will have a nuclear arms race throughout the Middle East. If everybody understands that, they have nuclear programs in Egypt and the Emirates. They do not have the ability to enrich uranium. They get their supplies elsewhere and they cannot do that on their own. So they're saying from the prime minister's office that as long as Saudi agrees to that, we'll go with it. That's basically, he didn't say that exactly, but that's the idea there. But we don't want them to be able to enrich their own uranium because if they do, We've already got Iran doing that. We've got the Saudis doing that. Somebody else will say, well, if they're doing it, we can do it. And pretty soon, everybody's going to be doing it right up into the threshold. And it only takes a little more to go over the threshold and start making bombs. And so they're trying to keep this under control. Now, they could say what hypocrites the Israelis are because they have nuclear weapons. Everybody knows that we don't need to say, well, they've never actually, you know, announced that. So what? Everybody knows that they have Does everybody else here know what also has not happened with their nuclear weapons? They've never been used, right? So they have been tested in the war zone. They've been threatened with their very security, and yet they have not used those weapons. So it's a little bit of a difference than somebody that's, you know, in a position of absolute power that can say, tomorrow we're going to set off a nuke. So I'm not defending any of it here. I'm just saying that this is reality. This is the way that the world works. And so uh, it, it Saudi Arabia can go to China to get this. So they say we might as well agree to it, but no uranium enrichment. There you go. That's the nut of it. From Town Hall, new report shows Pentagon officials lied. No. (laughs) Lied in testimony on Afghanistan. No, I can't believe that. In the wake of the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, Biden attempted to deflect blame away from his administration, claiming he was forced to withdraw from the country because of the Doha Agreement, which was President Trump's deal with the Taliban. But a new report shows that the Taliban violated every aspect of the Doha Agreement and invalidated it, meaning Biden was not obligated to adhere to it and withdraw from Afghanistan. The report also directly contradicts the testimony of General Trader Milley, chairman of the JCS, and Lloyd Trader Austin, Secretary of Defense, who appeared before the Senate on September 28, 2021. Milley and Austin both testified that the Taliban never attacked U.S. forces in the time between signing the Doha Agreement and evacuating Kabul, meaning they did not violate that element of the Doha Agreement. Milley stated that the Taliban broke almost every requirement of the Doha Agreement, but that the one requirement that was met was the most important one, which was do not attack us or the coalition forces. And they did not. That is his words. Similarly, Austin testified that the only thing that they lived up to was that they did not attack us. That's his words. Millie and Austin's testimony, however, is flatly refuted in a new book authored by Jerry Dunleavy and James Hassan and published on August 15th, the two-year anniversary of the Taliban takeover. 
Dunleavy and Hassan cite numerous sources, including Pentagon watchdog reports and public statements from Biden admin officials, which clearly state that the Taliban attacked U.S. forces between the Doha agreement and the withdrawal. They didn't violate all but one. They violated all of them. Times of Israel. Hamas said to test fire 250 kilometer range rockets toward the sea. That's not good. Now, Israel has lots of ability to overcome that, but now they can hit anywhere in Israel. Hamas test fired at least 50 long range rockets toward the sea, including Ayash 250 rockets, which it claims have a range of 155 miles, which could theoretically reach to all of Israel. Now, we got something interesting from Mongolia, which it's not interesting to me, but it's something that we'll report on. I've talked about it twice already, maybe one more time after this, and then it'll all be behind us. From UCA News, which is the Catholic News Service. Pope will encourage tiny flock in Mongolia. I'm not going to read you the article. I'm going to read you my analysis of the article. The article is four pages long. 1,036 words. 6,382 characters, 29 paragraphs, 98 lines long. Not a word about Jesus. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From Zero Hedge, quiet thrusters for flying cars come out of stealth development. The new eVTOL has thruster technology developed by NASA via a multi-million dollar grant from DARPA. Applied EVTOL concepts revealed the Epiphany Transporter last week, described as a new mode of personal mobility. The company released specs on the new aircraft, indicating it is capable of 160 mile per hour with a 300 plus mile range, but generates less than 55 decibels of noise at 50 feet. A normal conversation with background music is around 50 decibels. So a normal conversation with a little background music, they have something that quiet, and this is going to be on the market soon. And if you want to buy one and fly it up to Tampa, you can do that. The Epiphany... What's that? Is that a good idea? That's a good idea. Well, I don't know. It might be. The Epiphany Transporter can accommodate two people, their luggage, plus golf clubs. Now he's, he's saying it wasn't a good idea. Now he's salivating. Intended to be simple and safe to operate and about the size of a Tesla Model S automobile, it fits into a one-car garage with its thrusters folded up. The company said the thruster technology has been in development for a quarter of a century. Originally developed under a $5.1 million DARPA grant, the NASA-proven ducted thrusters have undergone over a quarter century of refinement through full-scale flight testing in wind tunnels and several prototype manned vehicles. The news of the exceptionally quiet and neighbor-friendly EVTOL comes as the FAA has published the Advanced Air Mobility Implementation Plan to ensure safe skies for flying taxis operations by 2028. Golf clubs not included. They will. They'll, when those go down, it will fall at that rate. That's correct. It, Quietly. Quietly. Yes, it'll fall very quietly. <laughs> Except the screams of the people inside. Did you read my uh, my uh, one on um, uh, Prigozhin who uh, got shot down or blew up, uh, the, the general? 
did anybody see what I put on the uh, CG report? My comment was, eww, splat. Yeah, he's gone now. And they said they have, you know, some people say that it could have been a body double because he was supposedly blown up some years ago and they found out that he wasn't. It was uh, not him. Well, the same thing, they were speculation that maybe still alive, but they say they have identified him because he was missing one finger and uh, the body there was missing one finger. So unless, what's that? And they didn't find the finger, too. That's right. But the uh, the body double uh, would have to be missing a finger, too. And I don't know if that was the case, but that's how they identified the body. Anyway, there's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From the National Pulse, docks warn migrants bringing tuberculosis, hepatitis, measles, and syphilis over the border. I know we've reported on something similar to this, but it's still going on. Diseases carried across the border by illegal immigrants threaten New York City and the wider U.S., doctors warn, including deadly drug-resistant strains. When they are bused to New York and elsewhere, these diseases go with them. No kidding, right? Uh, it writes Dr. Mark Siegel. He's a real brain, a professor of medicine at New York University. One physician working at the Texas border told Siegel that migrants were increasing the prevalence of tuberculosis resistant to antibiotics, a.k.a. Super TB, while other medics warned of migrants potentially causing a measles epidemic. This doesn't matter. This, you do not matter. Your health does not matter to the people that are running this country right now. Just so you know, they don't care about that. Border Patrol and local agencies have seen all types of diseases like tuberculosis, scabies, COVID, hepatitis A and B, gonorrhea, syphilis, mumps, chickenpox, dengue fever, and etc. When and I just read an article yesterday or the day before that they now have uh, local cases of dengue fever in the United States, which means that had to have been somebody that came in. The, they were bit, the mosquito then took it to somebody else. It wasn't brought in, it was local. And so you can see that these people are bringing in problems to the United States. Yeah, I haven't had malaria in a long time and it's coming back. When the discussion was hot and heavy about Title 42 going away, I would consistently say it wasn't just about COVID. It was about all the other health hazards being brought across our borders. He said of Donald Trump era border controls based on public health concerns, which have lapsed under Biden. From Counter Signal, this is in Ontario. As unvaxxed man denied organ transplant dies, he was unvaxxed. They wouldn't give him an organ transplant. His wife is asked to donate his organs. From NTD, wildfire on Spain's popular tourist island of Tenerife, I guess is how you say it, was started deliberately, official says. Breitbart, COVID mandates return to Hollywood. Lionsgate requires employees to mask up, submit to daily testing. We're in Florida. They cannot do this to you at all. I remember when this first started, I was down in Lowe's. And I was in line, I had my shopping cart in front of me, and there's a lady in front of me. Now, there's at least five feet between us. She turned around, she said, would you please back up for my social distancing? I, you don't have to social distance in Florida. No. If anybody gives you that kind of grief, well, I won't say what I would probably say. <laughs> um, let's see here, where are we? From the post-millennial, black 
Atlanta Liberal Arts College, Morris Brown, implements mask mandate social distancing measures amid new COVID scare. I mean, these people are off their rockers. They're off their rockers. Becker Hospital Review, New York Hospital reinstates masks one month after ending the mandate. They've been wearing masks now for two and a half years. They're off for one month and now they have to wear masks again. Zero Hedge, is this the real reason Eris cases are spiking? Eris is a COVID strain. The next round of COVID vaccines hits the shelves next month, which means in a couple days. You wonder. Morality, and plus we have an election year coming up. Morality is declining. From Breitbart, New York AG and the Ed Chief push joint statement. Schools can't ban lewdness from classrooms. They have no right to ban lewdness from their classrooms. The demented Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, and the state's retarded Commissioner of Education, Betty Rosa, there's a couple inserted words there, released a joint guidance statement warning schools that it would be illegal to ban inappropriate sexual content. The two state officials tell school districts that they cannot use a pretext of inappropriateness or lewdness to systematically remove diverse perspectives from the classroom. But you can't say Jesus, even though that's a diverse perspective, because it violates the New York State human rights law. The guidance suggests that the radical gay agenda is sanctioned by state law and warns against prohibiting discussions related to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, non-binary, and gender expansive people or diverse family structures and identities using a pretext of inappropriateness or obscenity. It's, it's unbelievable. Mail online. Progressive insurance sued for patently unlawful racism by offering $25,000 grants to help black-owned businesses buy vehicles, but ruling out, explicitly ruling out whites, Asians, Latinos, and others. Wow. Daily Signal. St. Louis University pushes ideological transgender toolkit on medical students. This is their importance in medical school. Epic Times, transgender coach changes in locker room with shocked Pennsylvania high school students. The coach is a transgender and he changes his clothes in front of the students. That's inappropriate to start with. Breitbart, mother posts at home abortion on TikTok. Breitbart, Quebec doctor warns euthanasia no longer a last resort. He's saying exactly what I said three or four years ago would be the case. He's saying it is now no longer a last resort. Some other news. Military.com. Pentagon set to allow calculator use on military entrance exam as recruiting slumps. I mean, it's like one plus one on these exams. I took the ASVAB, right? It's like nine times seven. There's nothing complicated about this, and they are so low on people joining now because of their failed policies that they're changing the way that these people can get into the military. The Pentagon is planning a change that will allow applicants to use calculators on the military's entrance exam, a timed test that gauges academic aptitude and dictates what jobs in the military, if any, they're qualified for. 
The change in the ASVAB could help relieve an ongoing recruiting slump, which is attributed to many young Americans not scoring high enough to qualify for enlistment. This is the whole problem. We've brought forth a generation of people that can't add. They can't think. They can't do anything critically. And now we're trying to get these people into the military by lowering the standards. Colonel, what did you say happened a few years ago when they did this? Oh, well, they lowered the standard based off of uh, criminal backgrounds. Criminal background standards were lowered. He had a lot of problem, and that most of these people were ejected from the military. You can't meet the standards for a reason. Exactly. I mean, this is a full bird colonel here. He knows exactly what's going on. It would also put the ASVAB on par with how test-taking has evolved in the past decade, with calculators being widely used in math classes and on college entrance exams, such as the ACT and SAT. We are taking a systematic approach which will assess the impact of calculator use, and we are developing a way forward for calculator inclusion. When you're out in the field and you need to calculate the trajectory of a mortar and you don't have your calculator, you need to be able to do this in your head, folks. The Army, Navy, and Air Force expect recruiting shortfalls this year, marking two years in a row that the services have failed to bring in what they consider are enough new recruits. The shortfalls are due to an amalgamation of issues, but at the forefront is a shrinking pool of qualified young Americans, 17 to 24 years old, who are eligible to enlist. However, the move to allow calculators could result in some public backlash, like this church. One Defense Department official said some of the difficulty in crafting a policy allowing calculators has been a fear over whether lawmakers will characterize the Pentagon as lowering standards, which is exactly what they're doing. From Zero Hedge, Canada's Foreign Affairs Ministry prepping game plan for if U.S. takes far-right authoritarian shift. This is the leadership in Canada is developing a game plan in case we vote in a Republican again. Canada's foreign ministry, the full retard Melanie Jolie, said last week that the country is considering a game plan on how to respond if the United States takes a far-right authoritarian shift. Read elects a Republican in 2024. While the rest of the world deals with actual problems like wars, famine, and human trafficking, Canada seems keen on spending its time creating scenarios on what it would do if the U.S. winds up electing anybody other than Biden in 2024. During an interview with a Montreal radio station, Jolie commented, we are certainly working on scenarios. Ottawa must certainly prepare several scenarios because of the country's close political and economic ties to the United States. The plan is so secretive and so important, Jolie offered up little to no reasoning or detail as to why it exists or what it hopes to accomplish in the first place. In general, there is our game plan precisely to be able to manage what could be a rather difficult situation. I will work with my colleagues and with the mayors, the provincial premiers, with the business community, with the unions, with everyone in the country so that we are Ready, regardless of the election outcome. One nod she did make was toward President Trump's 
limiting of trade between the two countries. With Trump as the frontrunner for the GOP in the 2024 election and promising retribution toward his political opponents, Jolie could be preparing for a more cantankerous trade relationship between the two countries. The U.S. Embassy in Ottawa declined to comment on Jolie's remarks. This is the world we're living in. A bizarre world. Far right. North and south, absolutely. Tangerine, what are you looking at? Come here. Come here. I need my daughter. She's reading her iPad or something or, or texting somebody on Facebook or something. I got something much more important for her to do than that. Come up here. She's down here from New York. She's seven now. Seven. She's entered her seven month of pregnancy. She's going she's gonna to make me a grandfather in uh, three months in November the Lord willing. And her mother is not going to be a grandfather. She's going to be a grandmother. But um, I wanted to once again, congratulate you. We, you know, we basically uh, don't go through the same prayer every really day excited. during uh, uh, dinner. But every day since we have heard this, our last prayer during dinner is to thank the Lord for our grandbaby and to keep her safe. So I just want everybody to see my beautiful daughter who's going to have a baby pretty soon. And she'll be out of here tomorrow. She's going back up to New York. Um, I, I did say to her, though, I've, I've been imploring her to move back to Florida before the baby is born. And I said, do you know what damage you're causing to that child? Where were you born? I was born in New York. And everybody runs away, you know. <sighs> no, no harm intended for the people in New York. I'm talking about the people in Florida that have, have to put up with the people from New York every year. Okay. I, I, I'm telling you, it is unbelievable. They come down here. I'm not talking the ones that have moved down here reasonably. I'm talking about the ones that come down here and they bring these these ideas down here for three months a year that are beyond crazy. Okay, it's like Canada stuff. Once again, I love a lot of people in Canada too. I'm not picking on Christians anywhere. I'm just saying there's a general trend in this nation. And oh, okay, uh, back to the report from the Christian Post. <laughs> Tennessee teacher apologizes for creating writing assignment about, anybody read this? Killing someone. The macabre assignment first came to light after a parent at White County Middle School in Sparta brought up the matter during a school board meeting. Now, you're a teacher. Have you ever imagined anything like this? I am horrified. Shelly Davis, whose son is an eighth grade student at WCMS, shared an image of a creating writing prompt. This is an eighth grade student that was asked this. They asked students to create a story based on the following lead-in. I never meant to kill her. I only wanted to hurt her, but now her ghost follows me everywhere. In her remarks to the board, Davis said the teacher gave students images to inspire their writing, including an image of a woman with no face and another image of windows with maybe possibly blood laying around the area. This is not a book. This is something that they're studying. This was merely just for fun, apparently, she told the board. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you can make this to be fun. I don't know how you can make it to be enjoyable. Davis said she was later told that officials discussed the matter with the teacher, whom they have not publicly identified, and she was told she couldn't do it again. That's the only thing that was done to this person. Wow. In her comments to the board, Davis warned that if her son's writing fell on the ground and another kid came and picked it up, that kid would go to the office, she said. That kid would probably get expelled. That kid would probably have to be investigated. This parent is absolutely right. Yeah. 
White County School District spokesman Candace Allen said the teacher issued an apology to students and that Principal Montuka Murray handled the situation. While Allen confirmed that the students and parents who were directly affected were addressed by the teacher. She declined to comment on specific disciplinary action, meaning there was none. From the Western Journal, chat GPT displays a significant systematic liberal bias, danger of, here it is, influencing election results, say in researchers. Text generated by the program is prone to significant and systematic political bias toward the Democrats in the United States. Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva in Brazil and the Labor Party in the United Kingdom. Users of the program have pointed out that similar prompts for differing political figures are likely to produce wildly different answers from ChatGPT. One author of the study is even worried that ChatGPT's bias could influence elections. OpenAI, the developers of the program, asserted that a human-directed review process was underway earlier this year to deal with the potentially biased ChatGPT political content. Google admitted that its own chatbot AI program, BARD, may prove partial to biases. The company confirmed that the program could be susceptible to the same biases that affect many humans. And if they're all liberals that are writing it, then it's going to have a liberal bias. From Red State, Border Patrol records 800. It was high earlier. I reported on it. It is now 800%. 800% increase in Chinese illegal aliens. Breitbart, Biden's DHS sends over $770 million in taxpayer money to NGOs, sanctuary cities facilitating illegal immigration. They're paying for you to, to do this. From Savage, Biden's migrant mobile app frees 200,000 foreign nationals into the United States, exceeding population of Springfield, Missouri. From the Washington Times, states look to hire illegal immigrants to fatten struggling police departments. Illegal immigrants to be your police. Okay, who said it? It's like deja vu all over again. Yeah, who said that? You did. A couple people said it, but she got it out first. Very good. Okay, I've got a lesser here for you. Let's see if we can figure out what's going on here. The Canucks want to see Biden win. They're not sure that's the talk of the den. Jolie asks, what's the plan? If Joe isn't the man, do we start to unwind or just spin? There you go. All right, I got an irony here for you, and then we'll be done. But before I do, I would like to remind you that the world is not as terrible as these reports seem. There's a lot of good in the world, like little babies being born. And, uh, you know, one. I, it's a really difficult world to bring a baby into. I will admit that. I've told my daughter that she needs to homeschool her child. If she doesn't do that, there is a good chance that that child will be just as ruined as all the other children going into public schools now. I recommend that you either find a Christian uh, school to send your children to or do homeschooling because I just can't see this being good any longer. It's never going to get better in the public school system, ever. It will not improve. It will only decline. Now, we've got a governor that has done some uh, remedial uh, 
measures in the state of Florida, but as soon as he's elected by, out, you know, voted out by a Democrat or two times or three times from now, whenever, they're going to go right back to the same thing. You know, this is a temporary thing and they're just going to continue to do this. So take care of the next generation. Talk about the goodness of Jesus. Open your Bible and read your Bible. Above everything else that I could ask you to do with your life is to read your Bible. Do it in the morning, think on it during the day, read it at night, go to bed with a happy thought. Okay, and I understand that some of the things in the Bible are not happy thoughts, like germs, intestines coming out before he dies. But the overall message is very, very good. It is the message of redemption. And I was thinking about that this week. God created man on the sixth day, Genesis 1. In Genesis 2, which a lot of people say is a different Genesis account, okay, it's, it's a different story. It says uh, that the Lord created man, okay, and he gave him all the animals to come and he named the animals, right? All these things. What does he say during that time about the man? It is not good that man should be alone. Now, we know that that actually happened on the first day. It's not a separate Genesis account because if at the end of day six, it said, very good, tov me'od, right? And during that day, it says, it is not good that man is alone, then it must mean that he was created and she came about on the sixth day, exactly as the Bible claims. Or the Bible isn't the word of God, which is not the case, okay? Man fell through sin. Now, we think of God as this this being that's right here and that, you know, oh, he just doesn't like our sins. God is infinitely holy, infinitely holy. We fell, which means that we are infinitely fallen. We are as far separated from God as we ever could be. There is no thing that we could ever do to reconcile this problem, nothing. And yet, God took the first step. And he entered into the stream of humanity and he gave up his life on the cross of Calvary. Now, God did not die. God the Son did. His humanity died paying the sin debt for us. Okay, so if somebody ever says in a sermon, God died on the cross, that didn't happen. But without that act, there is no hope for this world. And with that act, with faith in that act, there is only hope. Nothing less. We have a sure and eternal hope because of what Jesus Christ did. So I would ask you today to just simply believe the gospel. God did this for you. You are that important. And if you don't correct it through coming to Jesus, you are that unimportant. And the choice is up to you. Please make the choice for Jesus today. From Mail Online, Target Shoplifter is nabbed by cops after he stole a TV, only to return it to steal a more expensive one. (laughs) Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.